Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Music Prophet. Today we have the Dazed in the studio. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Let's go through some names first so people kind of know who you are, who's talking. I am Phil. <laughs> Phil plays the guitar. I do. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm the bassist and I also sing. I'm Nick. I'm just the other guitarist. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm the drummer. Just the drummer, though. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into how the band harmon how the band actually works as a group because i think what's interesting about you guys is that you're all mostly classically trained and you've all done a lot of different styles some self-taught and then others you you work with like the orange and jazz bands and there's technical sides so how does that mix with the band do you find i think when we first started playing none of us were that trained anyways we were mostly just like uh garage players we would just play in our basements and hear things out and i think the fact that we're a little dysfunctional as a group because of how close we are as friends kind of makes it funny to practice and stuff and as we started progressing or whatever phil got into uh jazz at laurentian and i was a fourth year major so yeah he knows he knows what's up i played classical guitar at cambrian yeah. and uh and me me and mitch have kind of a background with, with playing in other bands together too and so we had that that chemistry also and then me and and Kyle and Phil had the days before Mitch came on to the to the whole the whole bandwagon, literally. Um, <laughs> no joke intended there. Yeah, yeah. No joke, it's literally the bandwagon. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 been it's been awesome just because you know at first writing originals when we didn't have any kind of musical background, you know, it was very straightforward. You know, four chord tunes and we would play That's very. Hard very weird four chord tunes and it was just very simple but then, then as soon as we started progressing as musicians you know fourth year major in, in, in jazz and then mm-hmm. we just all started really really getting into our music that's when the original started um getting a lot uh, more complex yeah. and yeah i'd say I, I just our style has changed oh for sure a lot especially yeah. in the past uh i'd, I'd say year and a half yeah but when, but when when I started studying music at Laurentian, that's, that's when it really started changing for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I just learned all these. Playing in the past things. year and a half, that's almost the length of our whole band. <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing. We're at, we're at like two and a half now, I think. Oh, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Can you take us through that process? Because that happens with a lot of bands. The creative process? Yeah, and especially that change when you realize that you can't write four chord tracks anymore. And yeah. um, Honestly, it... We've done it in many different ways. Sometimes Phil will learn something at school and we'll come back and then we'll work off of a certain technique. But other times we'll just lock ourselves in a basement and just play whatever until it happens. And that's how Better Company came to be. We we locked ourselves in uh, Nick's basement and we started jamming out. And as you can hear the song progress, it just starts with the drums and then the bass comes in. And then the guitar comes in all separately. Which is literally how it happened. That's how we wrote it, yeah. Yeah, He just started laying down a beat and then... Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you started with the bass, and it's just funny because like exactly how it happened on the track is how it happened. The, the creative process—that's how it happened. But I'm sure you guys would agree that's definitely not how it went for all the other teams. Yeah, but it's oh, yeah. oh yeah, for sure, for sure. We were, as like the new member of the group, too, I get to see like the creative process that these guys take, and it's it's kind of messed up. They kind of booked <laughs> <laughs> the studio date with the chorus idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we're going. We write under pressure. That's how we. <laughs> Going into studio in December and we have a course in that. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we decided to do a better company, we had like two songs, and I was like, 
okay, we gotta set a deadline. Yeah. So when the album comes out, this was like early uh, last year. And I said, let's pick a date. So I said, does November sound all right? And I said, do you think we can get we can get oh, seven wow. songs for that time? And, and we kind of just banged out a bunch. Yeah. Um, the last track that we wrote for that album was like a few weeks before the album even came out. So yeah. it, was, it was all very last minute. Um, I think not overthinking it and just going in and playing makes it better because it becomes more our yeah. style that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, we said, um, we set a deadline for uh, Bad Bad Woman, the last track, which is also the last song we recorded. And we wrote it the day before we went into the studio to record it. That was hilarious. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was quite the, quite the day that was. I worked till 9 p.m. that night. We went to Nick's, <laughs> we walked in, we went to his laundry room because we thought that was the perfect creative yeah. setting. <laughs> we just sat in there, we wrote a whole song until yeah. like midnight. Me yeah. and Nick had been going at it for about an hour. And nothing was happening. Not getting anywhere. Kyle just practically bangs in the door and he's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. So. I love how you approach it almost like it's school. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, we got it. We got to do this. Well, yeah. It's like a, It's fine. Yeah. It's a professional. Well, yeah. It's still professional. It's just, yeah. it's almost like, it's, le- it's like the thought process of trying to plan for an essay <laughs> that you know is coming due and you kind of know it'll take a few hours to research. Exactly. Might need to edit at one point. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, um, a good example of that is my, my, uh, teacher, uh, Charlotte Leonard. She gave me an example. She, she said, Phil, if I, if I ask you to write an essay on anything you want and you can hand it in whatever you want, are you going to do it? So it's kind of, we kind of take that same approach to songwriting where it's like, you know, have a deadline. Are we really gonna put out something good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like, no, we we said we said we would do it, so let's do it. And it's yeah. it's so weird too because it's not always like that. Because we we wrote the man I am. It took us what a year, a oh. year to write it all. Like yeah. we, it was an idea at first, and then it wasn't, and then it came back, and then we actually wrote it. it was a love and we didn't even record it for like six to eight months. It was just a song that we played live. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, we might as well record it. Now. Yeah, might as well record it and put it out, and then. It's kind of been like that too lately because, especially with Mitch, he's we, we called him Ringo for a long time because he's always been <laughs> the guy, the guy who writes songs under the radar, and then they're actually good, but no one really wants to pay attention to them until until now. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, just now we're we're starting to write again since the album, and he's just been banging out songs left and right, and now we're we're gonna be working on a song that he's been he's been working on for quite a while now, and now we, we finally get to have the whole band and then it gets to come to life again so it's nice we haven't written a song in over a year yeah so it's gonna be nice to get that's, back that's, that's the crazy part of our, our, our album release anniversary is coming up in, yeah. in, in a couple of weeks November, on November 10th it'll be the year we've definitely had ideas I think our just sound is our sound is evolving and then we end up pitching the ideas as they come out yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's all right. do you just write a bunch of stuff and then get rid of it when you think it doesn't work or do you is it the opposite where you make a certain number of songs you need, you hit that 12? I think that we, we don't write tunes, but we come up with concepts all the time yeah. and we'll sit in the basement and jam to the same content, concept over and over again. And then uh, we'll end up ditching the whole concept, but we won't go as far as to writing the entire song and then yeah. throwing it in the garbage. Yeah. But ideas come and go all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. But it, like, let's say we have an idea that we really like, then we usually end up writing the whole song and then 
we'll probably do something with it. <laughs> if we get a whole, if <laughs> we write a whole song, then we'll probably do something with it because it's like way too precious not to do anything with it. <laughs> yeah, it's not really that much of a choice, is there? No, no, not really. Because <laughs> I don't think that we're we're at that level where we write songs every single day, and then even if it's not good. Because I know, like people like Ed Sheeran do that, where they just song, they write songs, five songs a day. You know what the thing is, though, is I find when we start writing a song, if we don't think it's an unreal song right away, we just forget about it. Yeah. Know? And I, uh, okay, I the energy might be a little too high. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Are we like, coming to obviously... realizations on the radio right now? <laughs> <laughs> but can we jump in? Actually, that's that's a good point, though. Like his goals is important right Mm -hmm. and like setting the bar for what you want what you want your band to be but is that something that you actually think about just as a band yourself or is it one of those things where you're like this an interview and you're all of a sudden like oh wow well i guess we do do that yeah 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 it's it's, that's a hard question (laughs) (laughs) so many layers (laughs) like every once in a while we'll catch ourselves doing something and the one guy will be like, oh, you always do that or something yeah. funny like that. Yeah. It just becomes a thing. It's mm-hmm. funny because, like, we'll, we'll catch ourselves um, trying to write something else. And, like, and it, it sounds always too, sounds too much like I got there too. Or that. Or, or <laughs> it sounds too much like something we've, ever, we've already written. Yeah, yeah I'm bad. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm bad for that. We all, we all are. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's just funny because uh, that's so embedded in our brain that this is the only songs that we've ever written. Phil's written the song Come Again 12 different times. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> but you're ready for remix album then. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For days, yeah. <laughs> Just Come Again. Remixes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that does happen a lot. We'll start jamming out to a tune and then you'll start to notice the Na 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 yeah. na. Ready in the tune, yeah. yeah. Ah, there it goes. Some similarities, like whether it could be like um, the harmonic rhythm, or it can be kind of a similar um, intervals in the melody. It says it kind of jumps at the same. It's interesting how your sound is such a mix of so many inspirations. I feel like, oh, man. because there is yeah. one, like you can you can one hundred percent tell there's a John Mayer type of style of sound writing. But then the composition is just the exact opposite. Yeah. I love the aggressive head nod by the whole band when you mentioned John Mayer. <laughs> so yeah, that's it's it. painfully true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I find especially in the riffing of the guitar in that song. Yeah. But you're right, the composition is a little bit different. We don't quite write like that, but uh, mm-hmm. you definitely take inspiration from John Mayer. And- He's a bit more, uh, he uses metaphors a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that we're just right to the point. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how we feel. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Points in that band, we started out, well, like, we still are, but we started out almost 100% blues, and we take a lot of inspiration from, like, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Stevie mm-hmm. King, mm-hmm. all the kings. Yeah. John Mayer and Stevie Ray Vaughan, like, form the playing guitar playing. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. Therefore, kind of the band. And then you start going to school for jazz, and then you're suddenly you're a jazz major playing so many and now i listen to just kenny burrell and john culture i got so many so many influences but yeah yeah i feel like we could go for a good hour about everyone that inspires us yeah. <laughs> oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah but how much do you draw from that because i'm always especially like when i when you listen to your album you hear so many different sounds mm-hmm. you know like you have you go from john mayer and some songs 
you can hear the sound of the black keys. Right? I was about to say that. Everyone, see, I, I like to think that we don't draw too much from our inspirations. I like to think it's pretty original. But then we play a song like Better Company, and you hear a little bit of the distortion on the voice, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, you listen to the black keys, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yes, but that was unintentional. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's just little nuances like that that we that we tend to to to, to grab from, but like, not on the global scale. Like, no, so not little things like just adding some distortion yeah. to the voice because we still want to stay our own. We mm-hmm. still want to be the dazed and not oh the band that that's trying to be like John Mayer or the Black Keys or anyone else for that matter. Yeah, is that a struggle for you guys? Because I mean, I know that Mitch adds you're newer to the band, but do you even find that like when you when you go to add in melodies or when they know their lead guitar part do you think do you jump in and say oh that sounds like this can we change it or you know like what if we went with this sound instead <laughs> uh, well i'm pretty like relatively new like especially the creative process like we haven't done much in that like we've jammed and stuff and it always starts off with another like as a song that we all know um, so of course it always starts as like a john Mayer song but mm-hmm. <laughs> as a member who's been there we'll be used to right <laughs> no i'm uh i think that before we used to accidentally pull a little too much inspiration from artists and we would try to go out of a way to change that like if you listen to the chorus for the man i am there's a black key song that accidentally sounds a little similar to that um not (laughs) similar not similar enough for it to be bad but like you know but i find ever since we started jamming with mitch um nothing like that has even come close to happening um the new song we're working on we got maybe i don't know Wait, okay, so it's we, not even written. So. It's, not, it's not written, but we have we have a, a, a solid idea of what it's going to be called and what the hook is going to be like. Um, it's different. And you have the deadline for the studio. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. so it will be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it has to be a thing at, at one point because... At one no. point by November 7th. Anyway, yeah. so about that new tune, I was saying that I think it's like one of the most original sounding things we ever come up with. I don't think it sounds like anything we've ever done. Or, no, for sure. Or anyone I know that plays. Picking around the acoustic for so long where like anytime I pick up electric, it's just bound to have ideas that won't fit with the other projects I have. So it's yeah. That's the thing about I like, come with this band. It's like almost anything goes. So yeah. Yeah, especially your background. I mean I remember when I so I, when I spoke to Mitch and his girlfriend with their duo Kind Folk, that was definitely a sign that there's so many backgrounds that's in that and then i i imagine when you bring a musician like that into another group who's also diverse yeah it just you'll get that extra touch yeah um uh one thing i find that's pretty cool is it's a little on topic um, we, we we play in the alibi room quite often and we decide we, we'll do like a i don't want to call it dumbed down like but like a less intense version of our set with acoustics well, and stuff like that yeah, like a often, simple yeah a simple mellow. version and uh More oftentimes we get his girlfriend megan to come sing and we do different tunes and it totally changes the vibe of how we play, but it sounds so nice, and I find that cool sometimes to bring other people in and just see what they can add. Yeah. Like just like on, on the album too, we got we got Zach Kemap, who's also um, at Laurentian, getting, getting his major in jazz, and him he's just he's just yeah. insane with with coming up with melodies, with sounds, with different kinds of souls. Oh yeah, he's just he's just crazy, crazy musician, crazy at coming up with new ideas and. Dedicated. The one night um, we were writing over you, 
and we had Zach on the album. And we yeah. decided to bring him in to redo Over You when we released the album because uh, Over You is already released. Yeah. And we wanted him to drop a solo on the first instrumental section we had because there was nothing there anyways. Yeah. So we gave him that part and he started doing the solo in the studio and like three and a half hours goes by and he still hates everything he's played all night. <laughs> so he grabs some of the recording equipment and he goes home and he said he stayed up till like five in the morning that night. Just tracking the solo. Over yeah, he was really hard on himself. For yeah. that solo. <laughs> but it, I, I gotta give him credit though; it was a good solo. It was a great solo. We've yeah. we've been able to meet a bunch of amazing musicians that helped us along the way to, mm-hmm. to write and to John Grill is one of producer slash yeah. sound engineer slash band dad. Yes, yeah. good guy. Slash good guy. <laughs> He's just a good guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's we've been we've been really uh, what's the word here? Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. I think I think it's fair to say that our whole album has been kind of just an experiment, like kind yeah. of trying to figure out what what, yeah. what what we like and kind of what we're capable of. Kind yeah. of things. That's why that's why it's kind of all mixed up in that sense. Like, well, I like this song, but I also like this one. Screw it. Let's put both both of them in there. And, yeah. That's the thing too. I find you, people just like the album for different songs. It's not like there's that one song like where your parents do. Like, mm-hmm. like most of like our girlfriends just love that the uh, better company, better company song. Mm-hmm. It's not fun it is and come together. Just, it sounds yeah, nice. Come together again. No, I think I think come again is probably the song that resonated the most. Yeah, and it's and it's cool now because now we know where. We want to go. Not that we would specifically just rely on everyone else's opinion. To no, our music, it's, but it's nice. Yeah. But but personally, it's feedback. Yeah, personally, that's also my favorite song. Yeah, me on too. The I think you know so. What I mean? So I think that going forward, we know where we want to go with our writing now. And talking about like being in school and stuff, um, we wrote the album a year and a half ago, and when you're in university studying jazz, I'm taking a minor. We have so much more experience from when we oh, wrote the album before. Yeah. So we often feel like we're much better musicians now than when we were when we recorded the album. So we're excited to get back into the studio and show everyone what we have now. A lot yeah. has changed. In, in, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the complexity of what we play. I yeah, think, I would I, I would say my 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 understanding of harmony just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for an example, like. For the outro of Better Company, I that that's kind of a technique that I learned at school. That that kind of um, that's when you were just starting to dabble in learning the new harmony. Yeah, stuff. like I like I had just found out. I'm been a little technical, but I just found out kind of a nice resolution between a minor two chord and then making it a diminished chord going back to the one. I just thought that was a really, that was a really nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a that's a diminished chord, but and not a single person understood well, what that meant. What, but what, no. I'm, but what I'm saying, true player tunes out right about now. Yeah. <laughs> what what I'm saying is that I discovered a nice tone at school, and I said, "Screw it, I'm putting it into a song." For those who know the song and don't know what he's talking about, it's the part that goes, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> Can I just play? Yeah. So it's the outro is. something I learned at school. And, and it just sounds so nice. And we're back. <laughs> Give Phil a guitar, you'll have a little music lesson at some point. Always. But I kind of I kind of like that though. Because it adds those nice personal touches. It's coming. Yeah. 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 
it's uh, not as tacky as maybe Hawthorne. Yeah. And it comes, comes back to those four chord songs we were talking about earlier. I think it's nice that we can divert away from the four chord songs now. Yeah. And the second, like, not even thought anymore because we know so much more that we can. Why would we limit ourselves to something like that? Mm-hmm. And it's almost a nice balance where you can make music for the casual listener, like the friends and the girlfriends. Yeah. And you can also make add some things that are for the musicians. Yeah. Yeah. And your music is listening as well. Oh, yeah. Sure. That, that was actually, um, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you bring it up. Actually, a couple weeks ago, we were playing at the Red Thing, and I got probably the best compliment I've ever received from our band. It was from um, Emily Carey. Okay. Like, internationally. And she said, I didn't, I think, I think this was after our second set, she said, I think I understand the reason why you guys are so successful. And she says, you draw in all types of crowds, um, especially especially the musicians. Yeah. She, she said it's it's important to be able to draw non-musicians and musicians. So it's true. Like, for example, like, um, she said you guys kind of change uh, cover songs and you kind of add a little bit of the data into there. Like for Superstition, all we did, for by, by example, for the third verse, we kind of just ended up toning it down a bit and we ended up at, like substituting a couple chords. And she said that just grabbed her attention right out of the conversation that she was doing. So musicians would be able to understand like, that was something really cool and really different. So that was really um, for other people too. I think that's yeah, a I massive those, compliment, though. Yeah, those but. four chord songs that we tend not to try to write become our best friends in the bar gigs and whatnot. <laughs> even last night we were playing Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. That's even yeah. a two chord song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we got with that song, it was fun because we have this background where we can play a country song. So we get all the country crowd in, but we were playing in such a rocky way where all like, the guys weren't saying, oh, country sucks. We were dancing along with your girlfriends. So yeah, for sure. Really fun duo with that yeah, it's definitely a balance. And when you're in a live venue, you never know if you're going to have musicians like that. Yeah. That's in the it's space. Gamble. It's a gamble for sure. It, it is. It is. So you, you really got to know your crowd too, right? Like, uh, you play somewhere like Jazz Fest, you know you're going to have to try to impress some high-class musicians and it's yeah. intimidating going up. Exactly. And, and it was. Yeah. It was, it was intimidating. But we yeah, and then you play somewhere anyways. like Rocking the Rock Festival on Manitoulin Island and as long as you're chunking out power chords, everyone's going to be happy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's, I think that's a really, it is interesting you mentioned the Jazz Fest and the pressure for that because I agree. It is the musicians there have been and doing this, doing jazz for so long and they're looking for distinct fills Looking for those like one note semitone changes. Right. Yeah. Just like those weird things that no one talks about, but they know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they know what's up. Yeah. How is that as a band? Did you did you plan ahead of time? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. not even a question. Practically, as soon as Alan asked uh, asked me to fill in, uh, I, 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 I started uh, making a set list. Yeah, for sure. I started making a set list. I was like, well, we got to do this, we got to start now. I can't can't screw around for that. So, yeah, yeah, it's tough. And so, as a, as a singer, then Kyle, were you? What was your thought behind it? Were you worried about the vocals in comparison, or were you just like, I know I'm, we'll do our thing. Well, Phil sang most of that gig, anyways. But um, yeah, I did, yeah. But, but the, most of the songs that we picked were like were cover songs, so you kind of just yeah, but half was instrumental though. Half was instrumental, and then we played nice. um, Bad Bad mm-hmm. News by Leon Bridges, which yeah, is like a jazz cool. pop fusion song, and mm, that sounds yeah. kind of neat because it requires all of our vocals, but it's just not, it's nothing special. Mm-hmm. 
But it's a cool balloon. <laughs> That's what they're going for too, especially with that with the jazz on the beach stage. The people that show up are are looking for just a good vibe. Well, yeah, and there's also the there's also just like some folk who just are out for a walk and decided to set up a chair. So you gotta cater mm-hmm. to them as well. So you know, as long as you're getting a little bit of pop in there, a little bit of jazz, make try to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you get to play for the kids and. Like all the families are just there because why not? Because why not? Yeah, it's free. Yeah, why, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Sunday. It was actually a really nice day. Yeah, I had a lot. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And we were tight. We were, <laughs> but like, it was one of our better gigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was great. For sure, for sure. And it's funny because we have we have that that power now, I will say, to, to jump from style to style because the night before Jazz, Jazz Fest, we had played Valley East Days. <laughs> Valley oh Stage God, Rock Night. Right. I forgot about so that. So we were playing these insane Brian Adams songs yeah. and, and, and Led Zeppelin. And then the next day at, what time was it? 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were playing Strasbourg, St. Denis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were playing like Roy Hargrove, yeah. Eddie Harris. Yeah. Uh, like, just total shit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I guess uh, when it comes to our, our, our multiple influences and uh, music taste, we can kind of take advantage of that and pull it off in, in a bunch of different sectors. Are there tricks to memorizing oh, for that? Yeah. Where you where you jam and you intentionally go to a different style so that you're able to switch like that? I or? don't think there's a trick to memorizing, honestly. I think it's a tricky to get. Yeah. I I was a little when we first became a band and I found out how long an actual show was. Yeah. It was like three forty five minute sets. I was mind boggled by the fact that I would have to memorize that many things. But especially when you start like learning a little bit more theory and you know how like chord progressions usually go and stuff like that and you can start hearing it out and you start to just feel when the chords change and mm-hmm. I guess the only thing that requires like specific memorization would be like very specific solos or lyrics yeah. Yeah. developing a good ears is, is, is important and, and, li- and, and listening to songs because you can kind of if you don't know a song that well you can kind of guess kind of what, what, what the next chord is based on the knowledge Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So having a good year is important because it just makes this thing that much, that much easier. Yeah, that was probably one of the biggest challenges joining a new band, though, was <laughs> we already to learn, had <laughs> to learn all these songs at once like that, and not only learn their one set for the bar gigs, but also learn the set for the jazz gigs as well. So you're yeah. learning, and then the rock gigs, and then yeah. like the blues gigs. Yeah. So it's, on know. top of that, he jumped in when we were prepping for our third and final Clash of the Bands like competition. Yeah. And it, like, so we put the most pressure on impossible because yeah. we're like, if you screw up, the judges will see it every time. And <laughs> obviously, he did a good job because we ended up taking the win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, what is your pro? What is your mem? Do you do you have the same thing? Do you do you just know structure or is it uh, a nice tablet? <laughs> well charged <laughs> and just practice really. the fear of getting yelled at at practice yeah. <laughs> oh he's gone <laughs> Phil, Phil's Phil's just <laughs> but yeah I had to get the, I had to do the tablet trick so it was just, like I said there was too many now it's nice because I can look at a set list and not stress about it because I know most of them now it used to be wow I only know one or two songs now it's like don't you know one or two songs yeah, yeah that's nice yeah that's more nice. fun and that's funny it's that mystery that you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Plus, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the songs that we're still playing, like, have been existing since the first show we've done. Like, we kind of we 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 do we do mix it around, but there's always some songs that are just 
just fun to I'm betting if we grab every song we've ever played live and put it on a set list, we could go for like six and a half hours. Yeah, because there's yeah. Some, there's definitely some songs that we've learned and then stop. Like, and some then songs stop that you just playing. can't cut. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to lyrical content directly, like you said you want to be direct, but are you trying to write about daily life or is it more so relationships? Music itself. I'd say about half of it is fictional. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna say none of it. I'm gonna say none of it is fictional because it's not lying to ourselves what? right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad woman about them. Oh, that was, ah, that ah, was fictional. Ah. <laughs> That's what I thought. So, but resist years to make jokes. <laughs> no, but most of them are true and unfortunate. Well, no. Now me and Phil are in a relationship, but I feel like a lot of it was me and Phil's misfortune. <laughs> I'm like, not going to lie. <laughs> Over you, the man I am. Oof, yeah. Come again? Come yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No name dropping will be Better necessary. Better company than all of that's right. Oh. So now that we've we've come to the yeah, realization, <laughs> we've now come to the realization that most of them are, are from past uh, experiences with relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I would say I would say they're the inspiration, but the total outcome. There no, might, there yeah. may be some fictional parts yeah, of that just to kind of just to kind of add some more concept type thing. But it's yeah. like it was definitely a, a base. I mean, it'd be boring if we just said it. Was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to add layers to the song and yeah. make sure there's at least a setting. Yeah, that's not a real life setting either. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna take a hit at someone just. Make sure it's not too obvious. Yeah. Before we're on the subject. Just so that they can think about this and be like, is this about me? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, also, go see the show. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Kyle wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's kind of when you take, like, when you look at what you've written and the stuff that hasn't worked for the album, mm-hmm. are there some things that that was the case because the stories? Just didn't fit. I'm not gonna lie, we never wrote the entire lyrics to a song and then didn't use it on the album. Yeah. So, so everything made the cut. Everything made the well, cut. Just... For lyrically? Well, maybe we switched the lyrics. Have you seen my lyric my lyric book? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so full. They're all for the same songs. Yeah, but I'd 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 say I'd probably use like half the content I wrote. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly like I mostly write the lyrics. So, so we definitely have some in our back in our back pocket. So. Yes. Yes. We used to try to be a lot more metaphorical. Yes. We used to like come up with these crazy analogies and stuff like that, and then we just started talking about stories. And stuff. Hence the man I am. Yeah, the man I am heading east. Yeah. Heading east where? We yeah, don't it know. doesn't necessarily <laughs> have to make sense. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense as long as it sounds like that. general direction. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because that is a normal jazz trope. Mm-hmm. I find like jazz and blues always has that like you're heading north. Yeah. You're going up or you're going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you're like, right. It's kind of like to get nowhere. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like the whole I'm leaving and I'll stop whenever I feel like I'm Yeah, it doesn't matter where I'm going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thing. It's so funny because like I remember me and Phil were in our in my living room trying to write lyrics for the man I am, and we were this thing where this doesn't know what he wants in life he doesn't know where he's going he doesn't you make it feel sound like a loser yeah. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be Phil but you know it sounds like a broke college no no it kind of no, no, it kind of it kind of was I was, I was going through a kind of a rough where you did phase where yeah. I was kind of like didn't like my job didn't like my program mm-hmm. it was kind of just like a, a, a 
moment where I was like, I really need to do a change. Like, that's kind of the basis for all that. And I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to use that kind of negative um, frustration for, for, for the base of that song. And then when we finally got all the lyrics down, I still, like, every time I walk into that Tim Hortons and Andrew, I look at the same two seats we sat in, and I was like, yeah, that's what songs there too. Song was for. Yeah. There were so many songs. <laughs> Did, you really? yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Good place. Good place, yeah. Nothing like a Timmy. Like the redneck twigs. <laughs> I actually thought about that last night when I when I went into your your laundry room. I was like, I was like, this is where I had never moved before. You guys only have one album, and then yet you still have those where the song was written stories. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking like we've been doing for for twenty years, right? So Talking like your Van Halen, who was yeah. asked how they wrote, they're like all their classical yeah. songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, man. sort of feel like though we've been playing music for so long, like especially me and Nick. Every band we've been in, well, I guess officially now, yeah, we've always that was a common thing. Was either Nick was in it, it was always just the back line was the same. We used to have uh, a trio, a, a francophone trio, uh, called uh, Fjord, Fjord in French, I guess. <laughs> um, where we, it was, it was kind of like. Pejorative English. Pejorative. <laughs> <laughs> Where it was, it was, it was me, Mitch, and, and, and Megan, Mitch's girlfriend, who's now in the acoustic duo, Kindfolk. I was going to say Kindfolk. <laughs> um, new name option. Yeah, new yeah. name option, just putting it out there. But that that lasted, what, a good two years? Yep. That's it's versions of it. Yeah. Like, it was a good base from that band that I've learned with, uh, with Dan as well. Dan Bernard, yeah. Dan Bernard, yeah. And staff all obviously. So yeah. Been helping us and joke as well. Yeah. So it's all these French bands that were in high school, some some laugh at us, but in reality it's it's what started everything yeah. down the road and it's it's what's paying our university and college now. So. <laughs> Is y'all done? Uh I mean it's taking a break. <laughs> yeah. We okay. just we just haven't done anything with it. In it's, like on, it's, on yeah, it's on it's on hiatus. It's on hiatus. Yeah. We're working on, one. We're working on stuff though. Pause. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're working on it slowly but surely. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we need that. Well, that's yeah. kind of what we we've been doing the past year, really. Yeah, we've just been playing gigs on weekends, making money, not really writing any music. Yeah, sometimes making money. Sometimes, sometimes. making money. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think it is an interesting topic because there is that element with you guys that you all do different band projects. Like, well, you have other bands that you're in, mm-hmm. but yet there's still that struggle that has to be worth your time. And yeah. if we're doing a show, we have to hope that we always get a crowd. Well, I yeah. think, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but like, I think most of us prioritize this first and then we do a little side projects with yeah. like, the days just because of like how I, I don't know, I'm not going to call it high production, but like a lot of our songs like require a lot of practice and a lot of shots and, Mm-hmm. Whatever, so a lot of time is dedicated to this one. There's a bar we have to. Like Phil and I do the wrench and jazz combo mm-hmm. on the side, and uh, the wrench and jazz combo is good and all, but I like it over here at the days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your and the jazz combo isn't set up in a bar. No, that is like no. that hat that has a demand to be entertained. Yeah, you can go home with a pedal board that doesn't have beer on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happened last night. Some guy <laughs> came on stage and spilled like almost a whole beer on his pedal board. Oh man! Yeah, when awesome. Joe, when Joe told me that last night, watch <laughs> out! You know what? Though? It was it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Like I ended up hanging it with a bit. It was basically the cable was sort of gross. Oh okay. And there was a bit of beer on that. 
200 pedal. We went on the it was about hardest it. tangent ever there. Now we're talking about choir stories. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're talking about playing in the bar, like things that won't happen with the wrench and jazz combo. Yes. Yeah. We'll be playing at the Red Thing with the days, and somebody knocked Phil's mic, and it, he ate the mic, and basically <laughs> gave him a fat lip. Like, oh that. my god, I, I ended up like that. I was bleeding from the mouth. After that. <laughs> yeah. that, that does not happen with it's, the LU Jazz. It's happened, <laughs> it's happened like five or six times, you know, when he's hit my mic, and pegged me right in the teeth. I find with, with I find with playing in bars, um, there's this constant um, demand to make people dance. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's and hard. It's it's really hard to find songs that that will make people dance. Um, it's really hard to find uh, to write originals that makes people dance. But I think that we really really hit the nail right on when we wrote the man I am. Yeah, that one. Is, so that's a song that's that the, that's our most danceable. Right? That's a, just a song that we can. You're talking about making people dance in bars, and I find that has like less to do with our actual musical abilities and more to do with us just sitting down and trying to come up with a good set list, just because just the order, just the order of the songs, even if it's all the same songs, but played in different orders, will make all the difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, you have to read the room. We no, know, yeah, sure. We've got a few songs where it's like, all right, we're going to play this one. We know we're going to get people on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And then like these next songs, like maintain them on the dance floor. Yeah. Then you got to hit them with a banger again so that they stay like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird strategic Yeah, thing. because you have to, you have to make sure you have to hit all the points that you need, right? Like mm-hmm. the people that dance to a bass line, Versus some who like the electric lead versus yeah. drums. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot that goes into playing out of service. But if you go too long with the dancing tunes and you'll hear some people in the crowd go like, hey, slow, or I'm like, I want to grab my girlfriend and slow <laughs> yeah, dancing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a balance. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, um, I, def- I think on the point of balance, I think that's a good way to end it too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so tell us where, where we can find you guys. Um, Talk about your album or like where like the platforms it's on and yeah. Well, we're on um, all the major streaming services. So we're on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon, 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 Amazon too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, um, like Facebook, Instagram, like so, name it. So many, so, so many places. Um, As I understand too, we're on Twitter now. Are we really? Yes, we are. I got us. I made us a Twitter account. Um, I don't even follow. So if, you, if you like us on, on 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 Facebook, the first post that we have pinned on is is the links for um, our album and in most of the bigger websites. And also, if you go on our Spotify page and our Facebook page, you'll find every single one of our shows posted on there as an event. Yeah, we're sharing them all the time. And yeah. Always letting people know what's going on. Media. We have we have Instagram as well. We got a little too many shows booked up to start naming when we want people to come out. Yeah, so just like yeah. go look at our events. And- but they can go online and find it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the best part. Thanks for listening to the Music Profit. It's cool. I appreciate you guys came in. Thank you very much. Yeah,